Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Everybody, please put hey. a thumb in the air. Hey everybody, how you doing? <laughs> yeah, same bro, same. Uh, welcome to Broad Street Hockey Radio, that's right, BSH Radio. My name is Bill Matz, I'm your director of whatever the fuck for the evening. Uh, joining me today, it's another Bill and Kelly special, the fly by herself, Kelly Hinkle. So, nah, director of fun and games. I guess no. we're going to have to workshop like a new <laughs> yeah, thing for you. We're going to have to figure that one out. Director of chaos and misery yeah. probably will work. Yeah, of course, my air like conditioner that. just turned on. That's cool. Um, <laughs> yeah, so uh, what a day, huh? We had ourselves a whole last day yesterday. I, I really, I want to start out at like round of applause, honestly, for Charlie O'Connor. Oh just my god, really... he crushed it so fucking hard. I just... didn't know what was going on because like I tuned in like 10 seconds late. And then I was like, why is Charlie asking all the questions? And in my head, he was just like establishing his dominance like in the room with all the other beats. He was like, fuck you guys, I'm asking all the questions. Um, but he like, yeah, he was incredible. Tremendous work question. at the Chuck Fletcher press conference. I didn't even watch it yesterday. I had no I watched it like an hour ago. And I just cause I was like, I guess I I do have to watch this like it is the show. I'm going to want to say what he says. So, okay, I'll watch. Fine. I broke down. And then I was like, what the fuck is going on? And I talked to Ava about it. And she was like, oh, yeah, everyone at, uh, like, uh, Al Morgani, everyone at WIP today was, like, singing his praises, saying he did such a great job because he basically had a one-on-one with Chuck Fletcher. Yeah, it was like, so incredible. Uh, Charlie is uh, out today. Charlie is, he's had a long week. Charlie, <laughs> he's, you- He's, he's having live. some fun. Yeah, he's yes. having some fun, and we uh, we're all for that. So it's just me and uh, me and Hinks today. I, I just wanted to say, great job, Chuck, on that. Uh, yeah. One of the Charlies in the room was doing their job. There was <laughs> there were two Charles in one room, and it's very clear which one was in charge. Uh, <laughs> so I, I just. Like watching <laughs> watching everything that's transpired over the last couple of weeks, um, watching what went down in free agency yesterday, listening to the general manager's explanations—I guess if you would have called him that—his mm. delusions yet uh, 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 in the press conference. Um, we're the Browns. 
we're the Lions, we're the Oilers, but way worse lottery luck. Uh, we're one of, if not the worst run sports organization in North America. And I, I, I limit it to North America because I have no idea what the fuck goes on in like soccer or Chinese basketball. Maybe we're worse than all those teams too. I just personally don't know. Uh, but the people in charge of this organization, be it ownership, management, front office, whoever makes the decisions, they are buffoons. They are running a great or a once great organization into the ground. Uh, and based on my Twitter mentions, some DMs, um, they are going to see the repercussions of that this year. They, yeah. they are going to make no money. And a team that like could be penciled in as one of the best attendance teams, one of the best merch teams, one of the most loyal fan bases. Yep. All that goodwill's gone. Bye-bye. Now, Out the window. Now they're fucking with our money, too. Yeah. No, that's to our the, podcast. <laughs> no, that's, that's, one of the more, that's one of the more frustrating things. <laughs> I got so many. I got a ton of uh, messages yesterday that are like, hey, Bill, love BSH Radio, love the post games, love everything you guys do. Good luck. I ain't following the team. And listen, cool. that's what people say now. When the season starts, people are going to, more people than say are going to watch the games. But in terms of like, being bought in, going to games. No. They are, if we thought that this team had fallen into irrelevance before, like the last five years, just completely irrelevant, this is going to be a whole new level. Uh, the thing that's why, yeah, the thing that's absolutely wild about what happened yesterday, and like I know Twitter is not the fan base. I know it's not a representative sample of Flyers fans but it's where I interact with them. So it, Chuck did something that I didn't think was possible, <laughs> which was completely unite what are like two very separate yes. portions of the fan base. Yeah. The old school, like goon it up, hard hockey, like tough guy stats are Kate fake Smith. and for nerds. <laughs> like, yeah, like that whole side of the fan base. And then... Us. The, the, the people, I mean, like, we're kind of in the middle because I'm not, yeah, I'm not me, myself. Us yeah. specifically, me and you are, I yeah, feel yeah, like yeah. the bridge. Yeah. And then, you know, the people that like retweet hockey viz graphs and like talk <laughs> about underlying numbers, somehow everyone, both of those groups of people, had the same reaction Maybe. to what Chuck Fletcher did yesterday and what he said yesterday. Is it's Chuck incredible. Fletcher, Chuck Fletcher's Canadian, right? I think so. Is he can't cuz honestly so. what you're describing right now maybe he should be the president of the United States. <laughs> <laughs> like, he if you can cross the aisle. Yeah, Canadian. Yeah, Damn. It. Well, Canadian. too bad sure. about that. Okay. Uh yeah, like uh, no, that's like yesterday I, I was sitting there on Twitter and I'm like, "Yeah, Chris Tarian, get him." Like right? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like, like <laughs> I mean, to be fair, Chris Tarion hates the Flyers because they fired him and he's a big piss baby, but... Whatever! He's right! He's absolutely right this time. Like, I'm agreeing with him. Like, we talked about... Like, we talked about with doing the right thing for the wrong reason. (laughs) (laughs) You're still right! You're still right! Chris Tarion, this fucking organization is so bad. And I just... We'll get into the moves one by one. The thing I wanted to address at the top was the thing Chuck Fletcher kept saying 
about being harder to play against. Oh, God. And I... The, the thing I wanted to honestly commend Charlie for was keeping a straight face and remaining remaining fucking professional. Cause I know. Because I would have been like, what the fuck there's are you a talking zero, about? No, like, I might have got up and walked out, or I might have yelled, what the fuck? <laughs> like, so I would have done something so unprofessional, I'd never yeah. be allowed back. So, uh, congratulations, Charlie. I, I, I commend you for your professionalism. The idea that getting Nick Delorier makes them harder to play against. You know who's hard to play against? Nate Johnny McKinnon. Goudreau. Oh, yeah, yeah. Johnny Goudreau. He's, real you know why? Because he's, he's impossible to defend. Nate McKinnon, Connor McDavid, Kale McCarr, the Tampa Bay Lightning, all their star players. You know why? Because they're fucking good. The teams that are hard to play against are the teams with the most players, the most good players. You know how I know that? Because the last three years, those are the teams that have won the Stanley Cup and gone to this. Like, the Tampa Bay Lightning, do you think they win because they have Pat Maroon or because they have nine All-Stars? Let's let's ask each other that. Like, who who, who is, what is the reason that they win games? Is it because they have the best goalie in the world or because they have a fourth liner? Like, it's so fucking delusional. Uh, like, either Chuck Fletcher is a liar or an imbecile. Those are the only options. And I don't know which one's worse, honestly. Like, there was a lot of talk yesterday in the the little, like, live reaction show that we did from people being like, maybe the, maybe they're tanking and they just don't want to say it out loud. And I'm like, no, 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 no. You're giving them way too much credit. They think they made good moves. They think that these were good moves to help yeah. them win hockey games. They and think they got better. Yeah. The team is so much worse on paper. Like, without Giroux... Ah, I don't know, man. It's just like remarkable. They like we we talked about Tony D'Angelo on uh, the Tuesday show, but the idea like Chuck Fletcher, you know, mentions what he said. Oh no, because Charlie asked like, so is this more of a rebuilding year than a retool year? When you say we need to stabilize, he's like, it's a retool, Charlie. Yeah, they brought in one new guy, Tony D'Angelo. You said, and like, you talked about shoring up the defense and giving up fewer goals. I'm sorry, he does nothing to do that. No. That's, just, that's zero part of what he does, giving up fewer goals. He might be a, a nice addition to this team. Like, just talking about his on-ice contributions, maybe he makes the power play better. Maybe he, he probably will. Maybe he makes the breakout uh, somewhat existent. You know, it'll they'll actually be able to do it when he's on the ice. They will not, like, they will give up goals when he's on the ice. Yes. They will not give up fewer goals than they did last year. Like, no. the idea that Rasmus Ristolainen is hard to play against. No, he's fucking not. You know how I know that? He got scored on a ton. Like, he and Travis Sanheim were stapled together. Yeah. Somehow, somehow, one of them was a plus player and the other wasn't. I know plus <laughs> minus, not a great <laughs> statistic. But I, 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 I say, like, when there's a great variance in it, when like, it can tell you something based on that. There are other stats that'll tell you the same thing with a much greater sample size. But when I see two guys who were fucking basically conjoined twins last year, in, like, the 50 minutes they didn't play together, one gave up a shit ton of goals and the other was not, like, was really good. Like, yeah. how are they going to give up fewer goals? They've added, like, it's a retool. Who'd you bring in? In retool, like it expresses an idea that you did something new. You brought yes. back Justin Braun, who was here three quarters of the year. Justin what? Braun. He's thirty five years old. I I'm just I'm baffled 
at the delusion uh, this organization is stuck in. It's it, it's fucking blotter acid level. Like they are stuck in a trip of some kind. Yeah, it's a. Uh... They're building a team that was hard to play against in 1974. And I hate to, to like harp on this all the time, but like it's just so very clear the influence that the senior advisors in the front office, Clark, Holmgren, Lombardi, like these old school hockey guys, it's very clear that they have an outsized influence. Because like... The Wild were never, like, a super highly skilled team, and they never won anything when Chuck was there, but it, they weren't, like, gooning it up. Like, they were never, like, a grit-and-sandpaper type of team. They just weren't that good. We just gave a four-year contract four years. to a 31-year-old enforcer. Who is apparently, by the numbers... The worst some, player in hockey. The worst player in hockey, <laughs> yeah. Which is just... Like no. here, it's just, like this is the thing that I don't get with Chuck. Like, okay, you decided you you wanted Nick Delarier for whatever reason in your head that that made sense. Why four years? Oh no, Kelly, the market was hot for him. Teams wanted him. Did it, they? You know how I know it's a bad move because it's the exact fucking excuse that they gave for Rasmus Ristolainen. Well, oh, other God. teams were in. Other teams were in. Who were those fucking teams? I want to know who the teams were. Say who they were. I bet you a bunch of real bad fucking teams. Right. I, I, you know who wasn't? I bet Colorado wasn't in on him. Garen fucking T, Colorado wasn't in on him. 100% guarantee that it wasn't the Avs. Because if you had a choice, I don't care if they paid you the league minimum. You'd go there. Because you'd get yep. your name on the Stanley Cup. Here, you're going to play because we have no good players. And I know we're going to get into it, but you just made me think. Like, the idea that Johnny Gaudreau wanted <laughs> to come here. Wanted to. It's the point, he, he didn't go to the Devils or Islanders. He didn't go to the Devils or Islanders because he's one of us and he fucking hates them. So, like, respect. He waited until after... Chuck went up in front of a microphone and said, now nah, we don't want that dude until he signed a contract. Yep. Like, like I can guarantee you that Johnny Gaudreau would not, I don't think he would have signed with the blue jackets yet. If Chuck hadn't said out loud, we don't want him. We're not trying to get him. Yeah. There's no law that says you have to sign on day one. No, it's a whole ass summer folks. Yeah. And the it fact that he time. didn't, the fact that he didn't sign immediately like, there were rumors all day about the Islanders and Devils, and he was just chilling. Yep. And then he went to Columbus after. Yep. Like, the idea that Rasmus Ristolainen was worth Robert Haig a first and a third, the idea that Tony D De- and $25 million, the yep. idea that Tony D'Angelo was worth a second, third, and fourth and $10 million bucks, but we can't surrender assets because that's what it is. Yeah, you're giving up assets to get someone to take JVR. But yes. really, you're giving them up so you can get Johnny Goudreau. Right. The fact that you're willing to spend it on not that good players, but a superstar who you have said, we need high-end talent. We need it. You came out and said it into a microphone in front of a camera. And then you do nothing to acquire it. You actively say, nah, price is too high. We can't do that. After we were told there's a blank check and this is an aggressive retool. No, 
Nah, yeah. can't do it. Uh, and yes, we've floated the idea that perhaps they're going to try to, you know, be in on the Bedard sweepstakes without saying it. No. Mm. No. You don't no. get you don't go get Tony if that's the case. You don't re-sign Rasmus Ristolainen and you trade him at the deadline. You don't bring in John fucking Tortorella and John Tortorella doesn't come to a rebuilding team. You nope. sold him on the idea that this was going to be a competitive team. Yeah, I wonder what he thinks. <laughs> He's he going to quit. Be... I hope he quits by Christmas. That would be great. Uh, now nah, I'm going back to ESPN, fam. I'm all yeah. set. It's all a much easier this. job, right? I like. There's going to be more people on that panel than there are going to be in the Wells Fargo <laughs> Center. <laughs> I, I'm just baffled. So let's get to the Johnny stuff, I guess, let's to start. I, I'm just majorly disappointed. So am I. Like, yes, I acknowledge that this team needs to rebuild. And 27, 28-year-old Johnny Goudreau does not get them a ton closer to a Stanley Cup. It's not like you're bringing in McDavid. It's not like you're bringing in McCarr. But he's that next level of superstar. Yeah. Yeah. And, God damn it, we were going to be watching a mediocre team no matter what. Because guess what they're not going to be? A bottom five team next year. That's not going to happen. They're going to be right in that soft middle uh, and just be totally out of everything. Maybe yep. me, right outside the playoffs and well outside any reasonable chance to win the, the lottery. Um, I wanted to just watch an awesome player who wanted to come here. That's the thing, he, man. It's and just... we've, we've built everything we've done. Remember when they got Kevin Hayes? We were still back at Wildfire when they got Kevin Hayes. I remember sitting Holy in that shit. studio. Yeah. <laughs> I remember sitting in that studio, Hinkle, and going, this is all part of the plan. Guess who he's boys with? Johnny Goudreau. You said it immediately. Everything they've done. You going to tell me Tony D'Angelo would be here if they didn't think they had a chance? No, they just didn't. They were like, oh, fuck, it has to be a first-round pick. Well, now we're not going to do it. Like, they aborted this idea a couple of days ago. Not a few weeks ago, not a few months ago. In December, when they were talking, or January, yeah. whatever it was, when they said aggressive retool, they had Johnny in mind. They got soft. They got scared, and they bailed. So, and like, I've thought about this. Like, would I have been okay with him attaching the 23 first to JVR to get rid of him? Because I would imagine that... That's what people were asking for. But that's part of a bigger picture because the reason that GMs were, if, the, if this is what happened, if they were asking for that pick and they would not take anything else, it's because A, Chuck backed himself into a corner. B, he waited until the last possible second to try to do this. Like, perhaps instead of, like, making trades for mediocre defensemen, like, maybe the first thing we should have been doing in the offseason was trying to get rid of fucking JVR. Like, maybe yeah. that should have been the first thing. So now you're backed up into a corner. Every GM knows that Johnny Gaudreau wants to go to the Flyers. Yeah. Every GM knows what the Flyers need to do to make that happen. And Chuck gave himself... 31 no GMs knew. Yeah. 31 <laughs> GMs knew what the Flyers had to do. And it's just like... Like, if you were a good general manager, like, maybe you could have, I don't know, six weeks ago, attached the 23 first with, like, a lottery protection to JVR and moved it before you had yourself all the way the fuck in the corner. Maybe that would have worked. 
Maybe but if you had some seconds left, you could package a second right, and a no first, seconds. a first way down the line, some the seconds. First. But no, yeah. we've given up so many things to be able to get Ristolainen and D'Angelo that yeah. no, it has to be the twenty-three first. Like we have two firsts in twenty twenty-four. Couldn't have been one of them. The lower of the two. Like say, like there's plenty of trades that are like you get to pick the the third round pick that the Flyers gave up in D'Angelo. Carolina gets to choose which is the best of the three. Like, you could have done that with the 24 first. Hey, yep. either one, whichever's better. Uh, you, If you had some seconds, you know, because you didn't give them away to get rid of Shane Goss's pair, only to trade another one to get fucking Tony D'Angelo a year later. Uh, you know, maybe if you had one of those second round picks still laying around, you could have attached something to JVR. But no, but because you have no fucking plan, this is, yeah. the, this is the issue. We're yeah. stuck with the exact same roster. Like, aggressive retool my fucking dick! No. They changed nothing! It's they changed like, nothing! It's, like, sad, in a way, because, like, John, you know that Johnny Gaudreau, his entire career... Yeah! ...has been thinking to himself, at the end of this contract, I'm gonna go home. I'm gonna play for my pajamas team. <laughs> I'm gonna fucking get to do it. He's been waiting for this. Can you imagine and- if Toronto was just like, yeah, sorry, we don't have the cap space, John. Like you gotta, you gotta stay with the Islanders. You gotta, right. you gotta go to Detroit. We can't figure it out. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, or Panarin. Like, if Panarin yeah. was like, "I'm only gonna play for the Rangers," and the Rangers were like, mm, "Ah, fuck, ah, sorry, <laughs> yeah. we can't make it work. Sorry, go someplace else." Like, it's just, it, it's just like such an egregious mismanagement of assets over the last year <laughs> oh that it's it's absolutely breathtaking that he still has like, a job. I didn't. I didn't, prior to the last few weeks, I didn't think he was bad at his job. I thought he was aggressively average. We, uh, I think Charlie has said, like, he's he's pass, like passively, passive. ass, yeah, he's just passively yeah. average. Uh, like, he's not creative. I didn't think he was actively bad. No, he's, he's horrible. He's- he gets taken advantage of by agents, by other teams, mm-hmm. by everybody. Yep, And, uh, like, you could say maybe I'm being hard on him, maybe I'm hyperbolic. All right, this team's been horrible under him. No, you're not. They're trash. They've, they're bad, and they have been getting progressively worse. Yeah. And last that, like, summer, like, I saw, I saw people on Twitter dunking on, like, ooh, last summer everyone was like, ooh, Chuck fixed the team. And, like, yeah, I was optimistic last summer, mostly because of the Ryan Ellis trade. Yeah. But, like... Is it, like, thinking back to that, it was pretty shocking how little it cost to get Ryan Ellis. Yeah. Which makes me think that there weren't a lot of teams in on Ryan Ellis. And is that because everybody knew? We had to give up a first, a third, and Robert Haig to get Rasmus Ristolainen with one year left on his deal. We had to give up a bust and a bust to get get Ellis. Yeah. And it's like at the time, it didn't occur to me that this could have been at the time I was I was thinking it was good GMing like, oh, look how he fucking fleeced them. Uh, But now I'm thinking like nobody was in on Ryan Ellis because other general managers like knew or had an inkling or like heard somewhere that there was something because it's very clear that there was something fucked with him when he got here. Yeah, he this didn't happen here. No, you don't before. No, like he didn't he didn't get shot in the neck 
Like, right. <laughs> like yeah. there's like, your you whole know, middle doesn't break. There's only in there's four only games. There's only so many things that could like go this wrong where you end up you're gonna miss a year and a half. Like, who, and uh, maybe, like, his career might be over. We don't know. I'm, I assume it is. So do I. Oh, yeah. And, like, if Chuck, so if Chuck knew, and he was taking a gamble, because it didn't cost very much, then he fucking blew it. Because he lost. Yeah. And, it's, there doesn't, I can't think of a, a good move that he's made. Not, not a one. I really appreciated him bringing back Nate Thompson on the side. I thought that was cool. Did you like that? I just... I, like I want to talk... qualified <laughs> Nate McEwen. That was cool. <laughs> I, I swear to God, I better get McEwen and Delorier in the lineup every night. Like, I have to watch this... You got this, to. I have to watch this bullshit. How else are you going to be tough to play against? They better be the Bash Brothers. Like, I, I think it was... Um, I think I saw yesterday... Nashville led the league with 61 majors and like over a thousand penalty minutes. And like, it's fun. No other team had 40 majors and Nashville had 61. <laughs> like I want that. Let's we better have, out. I want a minimum of 82 fights out of this roster next year. Bare minimum. One a game. Um, Feels doable. Particularly because we still have Nick Sealer too. He's also on the team. So. Like I, I just saw the Charlie tweet, uh, I guess uh, from talking to Nick Delorier, and he's like, I know what my role is. It's to go out there, like, willing to drop the gloves in certain points to change momentum. Like, just the idea that the biggest free agent addition they made, his role is to change momentum. That means you know how games are starting. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think of it that way. That's so true. Yeah, things oh, ain't gonna be going our way. Hopefully, this idiot who we just gave four years, uh, he can go fuck someone up, and maybe that'll fix it. Like, uh, you know what else changes momentum, William? <laughs> Scoring goals. goals. Yeah. yeah, goals tend it's to like do it. Getting a power play, and then like yeah. having someone who can put the puck in the net. I bet that would help. Yeah. Uh, like this team, this team has no ability to score. Who the fuck is gonna who score? Who is scoring? Like Atkinson? Yeah, like is Atkinson gonna score forty five goals? Because <laughs> like, if not, this team's never gonna score. Yeah, I don't know who else is scoring goals unless they put one of these kids on the team, like from Dev Camp. But I don't see that happening. Cutter Godier gonna forego college altogether. <laughs> like I don't know, like <laughs> Forster Dinoyer or something. I don't know. They're all God. small though, so they'll never do it. Forster, he's like. Decent, right? He's, he's pretty not good. like he's not like small, small. No, I think he's probably skinny. Think. Is nah. he skinny? I don't think he's I short. Know. I think he might be skinny. I feel like the youths are always just too skinny. And I they just don't like, like that shit. I really had my heart set on Johnny Goudreau, but honestly, if they like, okay, you don't get him. Which, if they had had cap space, they would have been able to do. So you wouldn't have to go to a plan B. Like, if they're just able to get anybody good, like Nas Kadri, literally anybody good, I have a different view. But they are going to try to compete. And they're, like, I I looked at the roster. Like, on Cap Friendly, we have negative $48,000 in cap space. Remember when Chuck... How? (laughs) Remember when Chuck talked about how they had to move Oscar just to sign the RFAs? How are we doing that now? Yeah, I don't know. That's, yeah, like... Frost, McEwen, and Tippett 
haven't signed and like they're not they're not on the payroll yet. Yeah, they don't go here. Yeah. And we're we're negative forty eight grand. And like there's things that can move around. Maybe they wait to the start of the season and then they just get signed, like some Lou Lamorello shit. Um because they're going to put Ellis on LTIR. Ellis goes on LTIR. Yeah. Some guys get sent down. Whatever the whatever the issue is. Because like right now, like Adderd and Sealer are both on you know the NHL roster. Ivan mm-hmm. Fedotov is on the NHL roster, and uh, Sandstrom isn't. But yeah. uh, you know, it just the way it works out. How they're getting charged against the cap right now. That's uh, like negative forty eight thousand one hundred and seven dollars. Without Frost, Tippett, and McEwen signed. And honestly, like, it, I don't care about Morgan Frost. I want to see more Owen Tippett, but it's not yeah. like he's a difference maker. And I just like Zach McEwen. If I have to watch his bullshit, I want to see him and Delorier fighting everybody. Like, I want to see some Mighty Ducks 2 Bash Brothers shit. That's the thing that's so funny. Like, you have an enforcer yes, already. Zach McEwen is Nick Delorier, but not for nearly $2 million in four years. And, like,. like and not 31. Yeah, and we think maybe there might be another level to his game. Like, yeah, sometimes he, had, he does, like, good hockey things. Yeah, like, he had trouble, like, actually finishing last year, but he made plays. He did do like, some he, stuff. He did things, you know? <laughs> On a team that did very little in the offensive zone, he often did things. Yeah. Uh, like, maybe he is eventually a Dan Carcillo-type player that can, like, do a little bit more. Probably not, because that would involve, like, development and yeah, who's doing do all idea. that. But I'm just, <laughs> like, you had to go out and get Delorier to, like, to think, like, it's so obvious the way their brains work. Like, yes. Nick Sealer fought Delorier. Yes! I was thinking that yesterday, that, like, Bob Clark sitting in a room with Holmgren and fucking Chuck, and he's like, who was that guy that Nick Sealer fought? Yeah. We said it was Isn't so bald. Like, the reason we had, the reason we absolutely had to bring Nick Sealer back was because yeah. it was so ballsy for him to fight that guy. Well, fuck, let's have that guy let's too. That guy. <laughs> yeah, well, so. I mean, that makes sense. Doesn't it make sense? <laughs> it's the problem. The, it, it, their brains work in such deliberate, obvious fashion. Has anyone tested any of the alumni for CTE? I'm just asking questions. I don't. I don't think you have to. I think. I, I think this off season is the test. Yeah. I I just sorry that was mean. Yeah, uh, it's a shame. No, I, I, fuck, they're all they're all rich, still working. That's true. They're all rich. Fuck rich people. I mean, like clearly they're working all right. They're scamming somebody out of some money. <laughs> so much money to do yeah, this. To, yeah, to, to, to imagine to do this. Imagine like that's uh, yesterday when it, when Chuck Fletcher says we were we weren't in on Johnny. Ooh. It was like, well, you're lying. <laughs> and, like, first of all, if that's not a lie, you should be fired. Yeah. One of the best players in the league wants to come here. All you have to do is get rid of some guys. You have, for no reason at all, attached things to players to get rid of them. You literally traded Shane Gostaspare and assets for actually nothing. Yeah. Nothing. For no reason. Just, to clear want, cap space you, to yeah. get Rasmus Ristolainen. Yeah. You did it to bring in Ristolainen, who also cost you a first-round pick. And a third. And a guy who's basically him and Robert Haig. Yeah. You couldn't do it for Johnny, though. Okay. You're bad at your job. The end. Like, the fact that he's going to continue to be able to make decisions. This is like when they let Paul Holmgren 
give Andrew McDonald the contract and then handed the team to Ron Hextall. Yeah. Like, what the f- Why? Yeah, and that's the thing. That's that's kind of... A lot of people were talking yesterday about how it was, like, the lowest they've ever felt as a Flyers fan. And I can get it because, like, not only is this bad, but, like, every subsequent move, you can see how long it's fucking us into the future. So, like, whoever gets this job next, like, they're going to have... It's going to be, like, worse than the hole that Ron had to get out of. Ron, like, the second part of the plan failed, and it was ultimately flawed in that you can't build, you can't acquire enough pretty good players to make up for your lack of awesome players. Right. Like, that whole part of the plan, drafting between 9th and 17th, that, it, that doesn't work Mm-mm. unless you get super lucky. And guess what? Stevie Y don't run this team, so you're not getting super lucky. Um... But the first part, digging out of the hole, Ron did that. He did that um, well. Yeah. Someone else is going to have to do even more. Like, yeah. you remember how, remember how frustrating the, uh, the Hartnell for Umberger trade was? Wait till we have to do that with Travis Connect. Travis Sanheim, too, because how are we yeah. signing Travis Sanheim? Oh, there's no way they're bringing back Sanheim. Not how can they afford him? They can't do it. Like, how they literally can they afford can't. Him? Yeah, like, if he gets... Right now, he's, like, right under five is cap. I have everyone written down right here. Uh, Sanheim, one year left at 4.675. If he gets any raise at all, they can't afford him. Can't afford him. (laughs) And I got news for you, everyone that thinks Travis Sanheim sucks. There's going to be a lot of teams that will be very happy to pay Travis Sanheim some money. Round out a top four with Travis Sanheim? Done. Done and done. Easy. The only thing that could keep his price down is continued lack of uh, power play time. Having, ha- and having to play with Ristolainen so yeah. the numbers look like dick. <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> maybe that's maybe, the plan. Maybe this We're is gonna the... We're going to depress his value yeah, so that we can this afford is, to keep him. It's, it's the Carter Hart down year theory. Like, yeah, yeah, actually, yeah. this helps us in the long run. <laughs> yeah, this is actually good. Actually. But, like, why would Sanheim stay? Yeah, why what would the you? Fuck? This team has done nothing but hurt his, like, overall development and ability to earn cash in the future. Like, mm-hmm. why would he stay here if given if some other team was offering the exact same thing? Why would he stay? They're, They're going to be a better team. Like, yeah. whatever team it is, is going to be in a better position the f- than we are in. So why would you stay? I'm not going to be playing with Ristolainen. I sign. Oh, yes. <laughs> Sounds good. I, I want to talk, so, the Lindblom buyout, and we talked about how they did that out of necessity so they could afford their RFAs. And <laughs> yesterday, Chuck Fletcher says, we did it so we could sign Braun and Delorier. Mm-hmm, Fuck mm-hmm. you. Fuck off. The thing that was wild about that press <laughs> conference is, like, obviously he's lying. Like, we know you were trying to get Goudreau, you just couldn't pull it off. But, like, why would you think saying we never tried was better? Like, I think I would have rather heard we couldn't get a deal done. Like, some, some, some of that bullshit. Yeah, like, I'm but sorry. Saying, like, now we didn't want him. Like, that is not better. If you hurt JVR's feelings, I don't care. He makes $7 million. He's fine. He's a, like, these guys are babies. They know that they get traded sometimes. Yeah, do you like, think they don't not... know? Yeah, like, JVR knows that, like, he makes a whole bunch of money and only has a year left on his contract. Yeah. If his team needs to make cap space, he's the one going. Like, they're not stupid. 
I mean, they are stupid, but they're not um, stupid in this respect. Yeah. No, they like, know how it works. They understand how it works. They very much know. It's just, it's so fucking ridiculous. I keep looking at four years for Delorier. That's so good. Uh, That one is like really just like the chef's kiss. It's just like, oh, well, yeah, the price was just too high for Goudreau, you know, to be able to open up the cap space. But four years wasn't like for a 31-year-old enforcer, four years was like, oh, no. Like, I cannot wait for the next GM to have to buy this out halfway through. Oh, yeah. Like, it... I would put any amount of money that he doesn't finish this four-year contract here. No chance. Like, 0.0. No chance. And, like, I I have to imagine that, like, that's what he went in with. Like, he was like, eh, about four. Like, did you start at two? Or did you just go right to four? Like, oh, well, other I'm sure teams... Delorier couldn't fucking wait to sign a four-year contract. Oh, my God. why would anyone give him one? Oh, my fucking God. <laughs> uh, like... <laughs> Four? I just four. picture him running. What? Yeah. <laughs> Wait, what? Four? Like, I, four years? I just this this front office. I, I I can't even call it that. I don't know what they are. Like people are like yesterday. I tweeted um at least he at least Johnny went to Columbus because I couldn't deal with my two most hated teams winning today. No, would have been bad. Ottawa gets Giroux. Ottawa, you know, got the brinket. No, you don't like him. You don't. I, like, you don't like the Senators. It's I, very funny I hate, to me. I hate the Senators so much. It's and then so the funny. Devils. The Devils are in on Johnny. Like I couldn't have dealt with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I hate both those teams more than the Penguins. I'll I'll say that straight out. Um, <laughs> but to like we're now one of those teams that get taken advantage of. It's just... We're the, we're the joke team. Yeah, but someone was like, what do you mean? The Flyers have to be your most hated team. They didn't win anything today. I was like, I can't even describe how I feel about them right now. It, yeah, because it's not hate. Hate isn't it. No. Like, I want to... It's like, like watching disa- that... Watching when your that dad's Chuck... disappointed in you. Yeah. But, like, watching that Chuck Fletcher press conference, I wanted to fight. I don't know who... <laughs> I don't know if it was I wanted to fight Chuck Fletcher or Dave Scott or Gritty. I just wanted to fight somebody. Like, that's what I felt like. Like, a rage came over me. Like, I... I, There's no way this guy's running our team. There's no way this is the Flyers he's talking about. No, it is. You have to deal with this, and you're stuck, and there's nothing that can be done about it. Yeah, because I don't... Like, I don't know how you feel about it, but, like, I know... That I can't just not be a Flyers fan anymore. Yeah, that's not like, on the table. I can't do it. And not even because of like this. Like sunk cost. <laughs> it's like in my it's in my cells at this point. Like I can't extricate myself from being a Flyers fan. Like this is just it. I'll watch other teams and I will enjoy them. I will root for them to win, but it's not the same. Like, like I how much time do you have? I gotta right. watch more. I gotta watch every Flyers game and then other games. Other games. How much, how much like, fucking time do you have? No, that's why I usually don't. I don't usually pick a new team until the playoffs. And it's yeah. like it's it's just like I want this team to be good because I love them. Is that stupid? Of course it is. Can I stop doing it? No, of course not. And I don't. It's very difficult to like reconcile because I know now. Like, I'm fucking old, Bill. Like, I, I want to be able to enjoy when they win the Stanley Cup. Like, I want to be able to, like, run down Broad Street and get super wasted on, like, a Tuesday when they have the parade. Like, I want, I don't want to be, like, 
one of those videos where like an 85 year old man sees their first championship for the team that they love. Like, I don't want that fucking, I don't want that. And I'm looking at this team now and what they've been doing and what's coming down the pike. And I'm like, it's going to be 10 years before they're competitive. Yeah. Like they are such, they're They're so far gone. Unless Cutter Gautier is fucking Connor McDavid. (sighs) they have no chance. Like, no. It, is there any possibility? And not because they're planning on it. Because they're not. It's not the plan. But looking at this roster, I've, I've laid it out a little. I did very little with the outline. I basically just wrote people's names. Because that's it's enough perfect. to get me mad. Yeah. Uh, but like looking at the roster as currently constructed. Is there a way they're so bad they get Bedard? I think that you've. You fucked that up when you hired John Tortorella. Yeah, like, he gets you to a basic level of competence. Yeah. And it might be, like, 75 points. Right. That's the thing. I feel feel like Torts is going to add, like, 20 points just being a good coach, which takes us to, like, right outside the playoffs based on what they did this year. So, like, someone someone asked me yesterday, and I thought it was really funny. I forget who it was. It might have been Other Bill. He uh, said, like, what do we do when they start the season, like, 8-0-2? Because hockey's stupid, and sometimes that happens. And I was like, I don't know. I think I would enjoy it. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not- just waiting. Wait, yeah. like, I'll, know, I'll tell you exactly how. Like, I will enjoy it. I will break it down for what it is. I'd yeah. rather, the, but, like, I'll be sitting there waiting for the other shoe to drop. Right. When they fall to mediocre, and then eventually we will get to a point when we look at those, you know, 20 points in the standings they picked up and go 18 points, whatever that would be. Curse them. Yeah. And go, hmm, yeah. those are the 18 points between us and the best player in the draft. Like, yeah. that's it. Like, that's what it's going to end up being. Like, th- that's exactly what's going to happen, Kelly. Because you know how we go into every year optimistic and then they just butt fuck us? Um,. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to come out on fire. Sean Couturier is going to score a hat trick on opening night. Like, it's just going to yeah, be. Yeah, they're going to be all, like, torched up. Yeah. Yeah. They learn how oh. to play hockey again. They're making line changes. This team they're through entering thanks- the zone with the puck. Yeah. Like, it's going to be fucking crazy. This team through Thanksgiving <laughs> is going to be good. And then we're going to go on that Disney on Ice road trip after Christmas. And just oh God. It, it's going to just be, like, we're going to bleed to death. That's when it falls apart. Just a lot of tiny little stab wounds, but eventually you're gonna die. So what um, they had they had sixty one points last year. Yeah, they're gonna they're gonna be like Columbus. They're gonna have eighty one. Columbus yeah. was second in the or third from the bottom of the division with eighty one. That's the division is so funny. Carolina one sixteen, Rangers one ten, Pittsburgh one oh three, Washington one hundred, all made the playoffs. And then there's the Islanders 84, Columbus 81, Jersey 63, Philly 61. <laughs> like, there was no middle. There was only good and bad. Good and bad. And we are firmly in oh, the bad. the worst. You know what's... And also, like, just thinking about it, this whole idea that they're going to be bad forever. Like, had they gotten Johnny, it wouldn't have fixed all the problems. But having someone at that level of talent... Would have at least been like a little seedling, like a little something that you could build off of. Like when the next GM comes in here, like what's he building on? Because there's nobody. And that's the other thing. Like say eventually they decide they have to rebuild. 
on what? What are right. they going to move for assets? Forty-year-old like, Sean Couturier with the bad back, like a fully like a <laughs> at like eight a million. Real, <laughs> like, it's going to be a real, like a real like I don't know what's going to happen. Like we're we are we are Dave Nonis. We are Pete Shirelli. Like we are the worst organization in the entire NHL, and it happens so fast. You didn't even know. Like, I didn't even. I didn't even realize it was. Happening. I didn't. I just kind of thought we were average. Like the yeah. front office was average, and because yeah. like they'll spend to the cap, they'll be fine. They'll figure it playoff. out. Like they'll be a bubble playoff team. Like they're so poorly run. They, ex- their shittiness outweighs their financial advantage yes. to an incredible level. They are one of the teams. Yes. You can only spend so much. There's a hard cap. But, like, there's no cap on coaching salary. There's no cap on front office salary. There's no cap on what you can spend on analytics or scouting or anything. The Flyers are one of those teams with that financial advantage. Despite it, they're this bad at this shit. This is Advertiser Content, brought to you by Frito-Lay. Hello, I'm Chip Murphy, here to get you ready for the big tournament. Tonight we'll break down, we break down who will be cutting, cut! What are you two doing? Sorry, Chip. Prez here got his feathers ruffled when I told him Ruffles has zero chance of winning the title. And I was letting Dip know that she is not taking into account Ruffles' iconic ridges. Guys, it's March. We have to start talking about the tournament. We are. It is the 2023 Frito-Lay Snackin'. We're talking about big-time matchups between Cheetos, Smart Food, Lay's, Sun Chips, and more. Just head to the Frito-Lay Snack Bracket and vote for your favorite chip, pretzel, or dip for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. This sounds great. Keep up the good work. Just go to frito No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends 4-3-2023. Void wherever hidden. Here's worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. And that, that gets to, like, the whole idea that, like, Comcast is the reason the, the org is failing is, is silly. Sure. It doesn't okay. matter <laughs> who owns them. But that said, like... Dave Scott is the guy that fires Chuck Fletcher. Like, he has to... I know he's not a hockey guy, but, like, he can't be watching this happen and think that it's fine. Right? Like, he can't... No. Be. Like, they're supposed to be, you know, the, the, these marketing wizards. I would love... Because you know the calls are recorded. I would just love to hear the calls that go out to prospective season ticket buyers. Oh God, these poor I I there's no group of people that I feel worse for. They have the the hardest I I tweeted it yesterday. They have the hardest job in the Delaware Valley. I legitimately feel bad for them. Because they have to call people. Like they have to. Yes. If they don't, they're going to get fired. So they have to call people who fucking hate them. Yeah, there's literally no I can't imagine having a like what's the sell? What is the sell? Because Charlie asked for the elevator pitch from Chuck yeah. yesterday. He and nothing. he goes, he goes, well, we're going to be tougher to play against, which once again, no, you're not. You're actually no, you're very not. easy to play against because yeah. there's not a single guy that needs to be defended. Like when other teams are preparing the game plan, 
The coach never has to go, all right, at all times, know where that fucking guy is. Like, yeah. no. Who's it's that? Like, There's well, I guess, I guess, like, don't turn your back on Delorier. Like, <laughs> like that's, is that the big? Yeah. You know? Keep your head up because someone's going to try to kill you in the neutral zone. Like, that's about it. Like, there's not a single guy that's hard to defend. Therefore, they're not hard to play against. Because the hardest thing to do in hockey is defend. They've made everything that everyone grew up doing illegal. Like, (laughs) you're not defense, unless you're Sean Couturier and basically have, like, a master's degree in fucking geometry and know how to work every angle. Defense is basically impossible. ah. The Flyers have nobody worth even defending no like you this who, is who, why would you even play matchups with them oh, this is uh, the game on the schedule that you're like easy two points like this yeah. we are the easy two points team for every team in and the like, league now they're not going to be the worst team in the league but it is like might they <sighs> who could be worse a lot of teams got better we Seattle's did not going to be pretty bad still Maybe. I've heard that they might play uh what's his dick and Bernier or um what's his what is the what's Maddie Maddie, whatever the fuck. They're two the two guys they just drafted last year and this year. Oh, okay. That would if be those fun. guys are good, like they could be they could be alright. Did they I, get like, a goaltender? I, I don't remember. I just assume matter. like Couturier is basically healthy, Hayes is basically healthy. That raises us to a regular level. Like it just it raises us to mediocre. I, I expect them to be extremely mediocre this year. That's uh, like they're gonna pick sixteenth in a thirty-two team league. I really hope that's not true. I, I just it's, I don't. It's hard to see how they can't be the worst team. I. It's just going to be Tortorella. Like, in my head, that's the only thing that is going to add wins to last year is Tortorella. But the thing is, like, you got to subtract some wins from last year before you even get started because we don't have Claude Giroux anymore. They had him for half the season. The team got actively worse. So, like, baseline, they're not going to win as many games as they did last year. It's like, maybe it's a push. Like, Tortorella's going to get them to win games, but also they're going to lose a bunch of games because they suck. Hmm. I don't know. I don't That's, know. Uh, like, I just, I think what Tortorella, like, Tortorella will make Provorov not horrible. Like, I think having the top two centers, mm-hmm. while they're not strike fear in the heart of opponents' top two centers, they're fine. Like I, I just see yeah, this not team. Bad. Yeah, like this team is just I- I- aggressively fine, just nothing special whatsoever, and and that's if they stay healthy. Which, by the way, there's literally no reason to think. Yeah, like to stay like healthy. Brink and Farabee are already hurt, and Ellis doesn't exist. No, like, he's not so, ever playing for this team. No, no. no so yeah, and, and also they have no backup goaltender. Like, no. they signed some guy who literally no one has ever heard of, and he's going to compete with Felix Sandstrom. And while I liked what I saw out of Felix Sandstrom last year, like, what has he done to show you he's an NHL goalie? No, literally he's an, nothing. he's an AHL goaltender. Like, and Chuck said they're done. Like, le- legitimately, like, we're done. Not even like, oh, we're going to look. No. 
They're finished. They're over the cap already, and they have three guys still unsigned. That press conference was such a disaster. Like, it could not have been worse. Poor Charlie sitting in that room. I, I commend the man. By to, himself. To, like, he is a, he is a hero. <laughs> that, he has more self-control than I could ever imagine. Like, yeah. <laughs> I, I was just, like, imagining my response to some of those questions. I was like, I could never do what Charlie does. No, Charlie is he, an incredible professional. I would have at least followed up with like, yeah, but that doesn't make any sense, Chuck. Yeah. Like, I would have had to say something. Like, something would have come Things out Things you me. can't say. And like, if you think Charlie right. wasn't hard enough in the follow-ups, you have no idea what that fucking job is. Yeah. Charlie it's, was about Charlie as was, as you could possibly be. Charlie was in the room alone with the general manager and asked yeah. every question I wanted asked. Yeah. It, it was outstanding. Uh, so I, you don't know what the job is if you don't think he did a good job. But um, shit, man. This speaking of not knowing what the job is, not doing a good job. The other Chuck in that room. I mean, I, I'm like they don't have a backup goalie. Yeah, and their I starter is that. like, yeah, you need two goalies. <laughs> you to. need two. Like, is yeah, Carter Hart going to start 70 games? Is that what we're thinking is going to happen this year? No, because he's going to get hurt at some point. Yeah, he gets banged up every year. And he's yeah. a young guy. Like, there's just no... Maybe they are going to be w- way worse than I think. It's just... I wish that he could have completely fucked them for next season without also completely fucking them for the next five. It's like it would have been nice if they just, you know, gave us a little a little bit of an out. But there isn't one. Like and I'm just looking at what this team has. Like cuz apparently it's impossible to trade anything but an expiring contract. I mean other teams do it, but they must yeah. have some kind of different like, rules than we have here. The Flyers have among the forwards two guys who will be UFAs after this year. Uh, JVR, who I assume you'll be able to move at the deadline because he's not making shit um, by then, like the seven mil, you know, obviously the prorated amount, uh, and you'll cover some of it. And so he'll probably get be traded. And Patrick Brown has a year left. That's right. Yeah, the guy they picked up off waivers last year, Patrick Brown. Uh, there, he's I'm here. sure there's going to still... be a, a big Patrick Brown yeah. market at the deadline. If, if Chuck Fletcher gets fired midseason, and gets a job somewhere else, you'll be able to flip Patrick Brown to him, guaranteed. That's the hope. That's really the only hope. Maybe a good team will hire him, and then we can steal all of their things. On the defense, the only expiring contracts in terms of UFAs are uh, Braun and Sanheim. That's right. Nick Sealer needed two years. Oh, yeah. He fought Nick DeLore. What are you going to do, give him one? Come on. Oh my god. I think he god. got bloody and everything. It's such an embarrassment. Can it's we talk just... about the Justin Braun acquisition? Yeah, I yeah. I do want to talk. I do I did want to talk about that. Yeah. This this one's extra funny to me because I feel like I know for sure what the thought process was. And that was we're gonna put Tony D'Angelo on the top pair. Yep. Oh, that's a little I don't know. He might not be able to do that. Because he's actually not that good. You know who was good? Justin Braun. First pair, Justin Braun. Let's get him just in case 
D'Angelo is a disaster because we can't put Risto up there. We know he sucks too. So just in case we need a first pairing defenseman, it's going to be Justin fucking Braun. Just in case Braun. Just in case uh, Braun. Like, <laughs> that's his new name. Like, no, that's that's 100%. And like in that, in that presser, like Fletcher said, right now he expects Tony, well, like, yeah, he expects D'Angelo to take Ellis's place. So that would mean next to Provorov on the top pair. And right. he said, like, Provorov, D'Angelo, Sanheim, and Ristolainen make up our top four. And then basically said, like, yeah, Justin Braun will be on that third pair. And then it'll be, like, York and Adder, you know, in a camp battle. And right. one would ex- one would expect Cam York to win that. Um, if it doesn't, wow, what a, what a great first-round pick that would be. Um... I think he, well, the thing that's super annoying about that is that I think that he proved last year that he's a, a, a competent NHL defenseman. And like the idea, like, why do we always have to throw the kids that are good on the third pair before we let them be good? Like, what is the point of this? He's not yeah. a third pair defenseman. Like, that's not where you want him to end up. But he's left-handed, Kelly. We have to keep the left-right balance. Is any other team obsessed with that the way that we are? You know, like right-handed defensemen are valuable, and if of you course. can, if you can do it, left, right, left, right, left, right. If you can do it, cool. But like the extent to which this team now chases it and yeah. says there can be no other way, like I, I, I'm sorry, no, no. But yeah, the Rasmus right-handed has to be good too. Yeah, exactly. Like, like not just Ristol- right-handed. Ristolainen isn't worth twenty-five million bucks. Like, the fact that you think he is because he's right-handed is silly. Yeah. Seems, it seems big dumb to me. I, they're just... But yeah, Justin Braun. I like Justin Braun. Justin Braun is a good, solid third-pair defenseman. But to talk about bringing him in as an element that will improve the penalty kill. He's been here the whole time! What, 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 20 games last year? Like, he was here the whole fucking time. And, like, he's a very, one, he's a bad skill set mix for Provorov. And, at this Mm -hmm. point in his career, he should not be playing top pair minutes. Like, that's obvious. As a third pair guy in a defensive specialist role, sure, yeah. I can't believe there wasn't a good team that wanted him. But, whatever. Um, It's just, like... Yeah, well, we, you know, that'll help improve the penalty kill. No. No, he's been here. The penalty yeah. kill, the special teams as a whole have been bad. And, like, I like him, but he's not in any way a difference maker. He's no. a guy. It's, he's a guy. It's like a, a body that you have to fill in a roster spot if you need him. Like, that's what Justin Braun is at this point. I mean, the, the penalty kill is going to be better because we got a, a good penalty kill coach. Like, that's yeah, what's going to make it better. Assuming, and it can't fucking get yeah. worse. Once again, assuming Provorov isn't horrible, assuming Hayes is healthy, him and Atkins, like, the penalty yeah. kill, again, like, it'll just be better. I still don't think the power, like, we talked about with D'Angelo. Yes, he will help the power play. But yes. the power play operated at 10% last year. Competence is 20. Do you think he's worth another 10%? Not with that's insane. To. Yeah, like, that's insane. You know, like, is Kale McCarr worth 10% on a power play? No. So Tony D'Angelo is <laughs> I'm sorry. Like, and that's just baseline. 20 is minimum. 
Yeah. That's what, and like, if they get to 20 after last year at 10, cool. But they're not going to based on the moves they made. Maybe some guys break out. Maybe suddenly Owen Tippett realizes I can utilize this shot to put goal, to put the puck behind goalies instead of on them. Cool. Uh, but you know, once again, Tippett not signed yet. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, I, yeah. I just, I, we went on and on on Tuesday about how the plan makes no sense. And then watching everything unfold over the last couple days, it makes less sense. It really doesn't make any sense at all. It's it's just so clear that they did not have any idea of what they wanted this team to be and just made like a hodgepodge of moves that like in a vacuum they thought were good, but there didn't seem to be like any thought about how the team as a whole will be changed by these moves. Like in a vacuum, I think we talked about last time in a vacuum, acquiring a defenseman like Tony D'Angelo might help your team. Yeah. But like, we don't have anyone who's good at actual defense. So, you know, on the flyers, not really a high priority move that the general manager should have made. Because we probably need our defense to do some defense from time to time. And like, yeah, like in a vacuum, if you decide that you want a tough guy and you get Nick Delorier, four years is ridiculous, but thankfully you didn't pay him much money. But like, if they got Goudreau and Delorier, I'd love it. The Flyers, I like like, fights. Have a guy. (laughs) Like Zach McEwen is Nick Delorier. He will beat the shit out of anyone. We've seen him do it. Will he win as many fights as Nick Delorier? I don't know. Who actually gives a fuck? Like, by the time they start fighting, who cares who wins the fight? It doesn't matter. You don't get points for winning the fights. No. Zach McEwen will beat the shit out of anyone. Nick Sealer, evidently, will get in a fight with anybody. So, like, we had those guys. You need another one. And that's, like, Nick Sealer fought Delorier. Who won that fight? Not Nick Sealer. Not Nick Sealer. But who did it, like, who was the winner? The Flyers. Like, Daniel Talbot, Dan Dan Carcillo. Yeah. Dan Carcillo beat the shit out of Talbot. Who won that fight? The Penguins did. The Penguins, yeah. Yeah, like, I, I, it's just, they're so, well, we gotta win the fights. Like, okay. I, and I like the fights. I hope they win them. There's not going to be anything else worth watching this year. No. I hope see like uh, like they talked about York and uh, York and Adderd fighting for that uh, that spot next to Brown. Probably. Kind of hope it's Sealer. Like me. <laughs> I kind of hope. The way that they evaluate who's a good NHL roster player, it could be. Like, I want to see all of the fucking bruisers in this lineup because there is nothing else worth watching here. Like, Tony D'Angelo, he's dropped the gloves a few times. Let's see him go. You know, didn't he fight Wayne Simmons once? Because everyone wants to beat the shit out of him. Like, that's the problem. problem. Didn't Wayne Simmons break his hand fighting him or something? Didn't that happen? I think that happened. Yeah. Like, he punched the glass. I can't remember. Something like that. But he's had a few fights. Let's see right. him go a few times. I want to cool. see every... I, let's just... Minimum 82 fights. I think it's a doable thing this year. I mean, one a game. You can... Yeah, one a game. You can average one a game. One a game. Yeah. All right. Do we have anything else? I don't know. Did we I'm really just, just do an hour? Sure did. <laughs> I don't... I don't know. I'm just, like, so... 
I'm gonna funk about this team, man. Like, it's like it's like a it's like a real bummer that that there is just no no hope, no hope on the horizon. Like no end. Like no prospect that we're like once he gets here, it'll be fine. Like no, just nothing. Yeah, like I I realize how it worked out, but like waiting to have Ghost. And Moran and Haig and Sanheim and Provorov. At least it was something. At least it was something. We were looking forward to it. We were like, it's going to be good when they get here. It's going to be have, good. And like, maybe it's, you know, maybe Desnoyers is awesome. Maybe he's just fucking amazing. I don't think that's going to be the case. We'd probably know if someone was a superstar by now. Well, um, not only that, but but Desnoyers is like running gun offense. They're not going to let him do that here. Yeah. These people are just going to beat that out of him. Work on that 200 foot game, kid. Like, but that's like, why would you draft him? <laughs> I, I don't know. It's like they they draft kids that are good at offense, like with the thought in their mind that like, if they can make them good on defense, like I, I don't know what they think they're doing with the development of these kids. It, it's clearly not working. Um. And that's another thing that, like, God, I would really just love to sit, like, have a have a bev with Dave Scott, to have like a really calm conversation, and like get in his head. I want to know what he thinks of this. Like, Dave, have you noticed that none of the draft picks hit? Don't you none. think that's weird? Not a one. Yeah, like none of them ever. None of them. Doesn't that seem weird to you? Doesn't happen to other teams. Yeah, like, like Dave, again, did you? A- it's a crap Have you noticed? Shoot. Yeah. But but still at one. But like one some, should hit. Like it should go the other way too sometimes, you know? Exactly. Like you should get lucky every now and then. Like Dave, do, do you notice when you watch the games that like there isn't anyone actually scared to go into a corner with Rasmus Ristolainen? Like no one's actually scared of him in front of the net. Like people just skate by him because he probably didn't know where they were because he's real dumb. Like have you noticed that like that's not a real thing that's happening? Like d- did you notice any of this? Like, are you seeing what is happening in front of your eyes? Like, and if you are, like, why are you letting it continue? Like, like, in my mind, this Johnny Gaudreau thing should be the thing that you lose your job for. Yeah. If a, he if wanted the, to come here. If the top free agent available wants to come here. And you can't not figure only that, it out. He's from here. The money you could have fucking made off of Johnny Gaudreau jerseys. Oh my god. Staggering amount of money. Pay Staggering. for itself. Your general manager couldn't figure out a way to make that happen when we've all known for like two years that it was coming. We yeah. all knew that he was gonna want to come here. And like And you did nothing to prepare for the idea that you needed to pay a, a guy. He probably, considering that he took less money to go to Columbus. We probably wouldn't have had to pay him as much as he commanded. I really, like... We probably could have gotten him on a discount. There's something... Something went wrong in the negotiating process for Johnny that he was not expecting. Like, I maybe he just really doesn't want to be out in Calgary. Um, I don't want to be around people in cowboy hats either. I get it. I mean, it. The, the Devils <laughs> offered him a fuck ton of money. And he turned it down and went to Columbus. Columbus. So, like, Good it for wasn't... Columbus, man. Good for you. 
I mean, I don't know what the, I don't, I, that's a, it's a, re, like a really weird decision in my mind. I, I did it's not. It's so if, weird. If you had asked me to name like the top 10 teams that I thought Johnny Gaudreau was going to end up with, Columbus would not have been on that if list. If you asked whatever. me to name, if you asked me to name every team in the league, I'd forget Columbus. That would be the one, <laughs> that, I'd get, I'd get 31 and I'd be like, I don't, what's the fucking last one? <laughs> It's just such a colossal failure. <laughs> it's that so I, bad. I don't know how you can let this man continue to run the team. And it's like, like you said, not like every draft pick doesn't hit, and that no. extends that extends far beyond Chuck Fletcher's reach. Every uh, team has busts. Every, every single team, like our. Like, our development is not on Chuck Fletcher. Like, that's a whole process of something else in the organization. Like, that's an arm of the organization that's a long-standing issue. There's so many problems that go beyond Chuck Fletcher. But, like, he's a big one. He's a big one. He's the president of the organization. And all of the guys he's listening to are big ones. Is it... Will anything ever change? Like, that's... I I know how you and I feel like every owner is like what you're either going to have is a a corporate absentee like they have now or Mm -hmm. like single rich guy who's a fucking idiot, too. Yeah. Like and like a Pagula or something. Yeah. Like, exactly. Do you do you think the Sabres are well run? Do you think the Dallas Cowboys are well run? Do you think the Washington Commanders are well run? Because like, do you think the Sixers are well run? Right. Because they're not. It's um, all one rich guy. Like these are these are the teams that have that like at least figurehead owner. Um, but can anything ever change until the culture? Like it is Comcast Spectacor is Ed Snyder's company. Yeah, it's his vision. Uh, is there any other way than a sale for things to like get better? Because that culture will exist as long as it's his thing. So I don't, but does it need to? Because like someone in charge, and right now that person is Dave Scott, needs to, to like fucking notice that Kurt wrote an article about this. Charlie wrote an article about this. The culture that they're talking about doesn't exist. No. They don't have a winning culture. They don't have like. In fact, it's a losing culture. A family culture. Like all of that is bullshit like none of that is real and that's the thing that they are obsessed with maintaining but like it doesn't exist and if it did exist it hasn't existed in 40 years yeah so like what are we chasing if this fam like i'm not advocating for this move i thought it was time to move on for jeru from jeru if family culture existed chuck fletcher would go yeah we'll bring you back don't worry about it bro yeah like and ed snyder might have done that yeah uh, and, like, I don't think that would maybe be the right... Honestly, like, if the idea is to at least compete and they need a good player, like, it would... Claude Giroux is one of the better ones out there. Yeah. Uh, but, like, I thought it was time to move on. But I'm just saying, if that actually existed, he'd be here. Right. <laughs> like, even and if they like, traded him, you'd say, yeah, 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 we'll bring you back. Don't worry. And, like, the idea that, like, the most important thing for the organization is that all of the dudes that won a Stanley Cup 40 years ago are still allowed to hang around and be important? Like, why is that the most important thing? Like, are the dudes that won even in, like, when did Colorado win? Like, 2002? Like, are those guys fucking hanging around in Colorado? No. 
Why would they be? Well, I'm sorry, one of, I guess. One of, one of them. The good one. One of them's hanging around. Uh, but like Peter Forsberg isn't like in there every day, like getting coffee and like <laughs> hanging out and like shooting the shit and then telling Joe Sackick how to do his job. Like, the, like it's just so weird. It's such it a is weird, weird thing to be obsessed with. And it has gotten us nowhere. That's and the g- fact that no. And, and what's funny is that Ron Hextall fucking knew. Yeah. He knew. He just happened to to suck at the parts of his job that he needed not to suck at. It, that might That's, be the thing. That might have been the thing that really fucked us is that Hextall failed and he's the guy that kicked the alumni out. So now the alumni yeah. can never be kicked out again. That's someone tweeted the other day. All Hextall had to do was fire Hextall. And I just fucking lost it laughing. It's true. He'd still be the general manager. That's all he like, had to do. From now on. Just as like a rule, I know there are people in the organization who listen to this podcast, and if you're still listening, eh, thanks for thanks for listening uh, through us hating on you for over an hour. Please stop hurting me like this. When you when you make the next hire, perhaps instead of going to the most aggressively mediocre team ever, like Minnesota, yeah, I don't know, I don't know. Post maybe somebody. look maybe look at somebody who worked for Stevie Y. Maybe look at somebody who worked for Joe Sackett. Look for the actually successful teams and yeah. take their guys. Yeah. It's not one for one. Like, the Belichick coaching tree is mostly failures. But, like, you know, there's got to be someone in this organization picking up some more information that you can use to make yourself better. Maybe look at those teams. I mean, the reason Andrew Brunette was a... Jack Adams candidate is because he did all of the things that Quenville did. Yeah. He learned how to be a good coach from working for a good coach. So, you know, if Tampa Bay has an AGM, maybe you try to poach that guy. I don't know. I mean, this is all worthless because we know who the next general manager is already. It's Daniel Briere. Which is, um, I, I'm starting to feel like is going to be a problem. You think? Yeah. This hasn't worked before. We've done it multiple times now. And he's he's been handpicked by this group of people. Yeah. So, you know, he's, I don't know. I I no longer feel any kind of excitement about the idea of Danny Breer being no. GM. He's just some figurehead guy who used to, maybe he's a genius. You know, maybe. But why would I, why would I think that this group picked anything right? If he's learning how to do the job from this group of people, He's not going to be a good general manager. You would think. If he, you know, completely, like, just chucks off this everything that we've been doing, then he could be good. But if he's just going to do Flyers things, because nothing is more important than the Flyers doing Flyers things. Which, by the way, has become such a fucking joke. Like, I listen to podcasts, like... With Jeff Merrick being like, oh, that's such a Flyers move. Like, I can, like, you need to understand that no one's saying that as a positive thing anymore. They're fucking making fun of you. When they say the Flyers are going to get, I can see the Flyers getting Nick Delorier. That's such a Flyers move. That's an insult now, people. Like, a Flyers Flyers move, like, you know what used to have, would have been a Flyers move? Getting Johnny Goudreau. Johnny Goudreau, right. And, like. (laughs) Moving, moving heaven and earth, f- mortgaging everything to get the best player available, like you did yeah. with Lindros. Like you know, like, Ed fucking uh, Snyder would have gotten Johnny uh, home yesterday. Go, oh yeah, oh Without yeah. Without question. Like 
Oh, like you see Chris Gratton out there? Yeah, we'll give him 10 million year one. Tampa doesn't have 10 million. That's a Flyers move. Yeah. Offer sheeting Shea Weber. That's that those used to be Flyers moves. Now it's doing the most boring, stupid shit ever and pretending it's smart. The grit and sandpaper bullshit. Like That's what you've uh, reduced yourself yeah, to. As as fucking Nathan McKinnon flies by you. Like, <laughs> oh. Scraped his jersey a little with that sandpaper, though. I think you got him. Yeah. He looked a little bit scared when he flew by Rasmus Did you see how fast he was skating? He was he was terrified. <laughs> We're so screwed. Oh my god. Huh. Even well, Ottawa. Ottawa is now. Oh my god. Ottawa a better run organization than the Flyers. I don't know if it's going to be in the next few years, but Ottawa will win a cup before the Flyers. Without question. Not not a doubt in my mind. They are so much like and it, yeah, they don't have a defense, but, like, they have all the rest of it. So, like, yeah. if they get a defense, look out. <laughs> oh, I'm so sick of this team. It's real. It's real. It makes me sad. When, the season doesn't even start for a couple of months, and I'm, like, mad. We have so much time to sit with this. Oh. It's great. It's really great. All right. Well, it's just we, the two of us, and we went like an hour ten or something. Yeah, it's good. What are, we, what are we looking at here? An hour fifteen. Good. Look at us. Look at us. Uh, look at us. Professionals. I think that all of you listening <laughs> should continue to listen, or at minimum, if you could just like put us on auto download. Yeah. Just like auto download and delete them. That's fine. Play it on mute. <laughs> but like we, you know, like we we do this for fun, but we also do this because it makes us a little bit of money, and I don't yeah, want I, it to go away. Please help me. That's like my fear is like, man, like with the post games, we've been doing well. I don't want that to go away. No, they're so fun. Yeah, we had like 115 people on the live show yesterday. That, yeah, it seemed like it was awesome. Yeah, like, which is like a now, normal post game for you, and now it's gonna be like you and Harris and Warren just talking for it. <laughs> Harris has Harris is in Ohio. He's got Johnny. Yeah, he might not be a flyer. We might have lost know. Harris. Imagine losing Harris. You <laughs> That's how you know. That's how, you did this. <laughs> Get me Harris back. It'll be you Harris, Manitoba Matt, and Warren and Bill just talking about the Flyers <laughs> after every game. <laughs> I'm gonna have to start a wrestling podcast just to occupy my time. We'll go back to what we did during the pandemic. Just a yeah, bunch of random podcasts. Me and Charlie it. watching movies. Yeah, this, it'll be fun. Oh. It'll be a lot more fun than this. All right, let's wrap it up. Let's do it. Thanks thanks for hanging out with me. This is good yeah. therapy for us. No, it's, this was good. I'm glad we did this. Uh, and thank you all for listening. Thank you for hanging out. That's all the time we have for you on BSH Radio this week. I hope you enjoyed our uh, extensive coverage of this catastrophe that was the last two weeks of flyers <laughs> hockey um i don't know what to tell you i'd like to say like a message of positivity uh brighter days ahead but you know that's bullshit i'm not gonna lie to you like chuck fletcher all i'll say is we're here we're gonna keep talking about it uh contractually we have to <laughs> <laughs> if you're stuck it like me and kelly said we're flyers fans no matter what uh, I won't be, I mean, I haven't paid for tickets in a long time. I don't see myself doing that anytime soon. I don't think so. Um, you know, that Limblom re uh, reverse retro jersey, probably the last one I'm going to buy for quite some time. Um, whatever. <sighs> That's it. Thank you all for listening. Thank you for hanging out. Hit that subscribe button. We'll be here for you throughout this season as uh, as we all struggle to deal with the reality that the Flyers are 
the new fucking Cleveland Browns, I guess. Uh, <laughs> that's that's just the way it is. Chirelli is on line three. He's looking to take advantage of Chuck Fletcher. <laughs> All right. My name is Bill Matz for Kelly Hinkle. Have a great week, everybody. Are you ready to talk about sports? Yeah! Who's gonna score hockey goals? Our team! No one does more hockey than our boys! The Flyers! Crossing Hockey Radio! Turn that shit up, you motherfucker! Crossing Hockey Radio! Got the best buckets for us! What is up, Astros fans? This is Jeff Balky and my partner, former Astro Jeff Blum from the Believe in Astros podcast to tell you baseball is back and we've got your world champion Houston Astros covered. Every week we go inside the clubhouse, break down the games, discuss the players and give you everything you need to know about the Houston Astros baseball organization with special guests and a few surprises all summer and into the postseason. So tune in to the Believe in Astros podcast. That's B-L-E-A-V on Apple spotify youtube and everywhere you get your podcasts go astros our house is a mess come on in i'm amber wallen internet comedian plant queen and host of your new favorite podcast fly on the wall okay that's pretty presumptuous to assume that this is going to be their favorite podcast by the way like come on amber anyway that wasp that you just heard interrupt me is my husband and co-host benjamin wallen also a comedian and i host people at our home i have a great wine collection in my cellar well, you it's mean not a cellar. the mini fridge it's a mini it's fr- a mini yeah. fridge new episodes of fly on the wallen drop every wednesday listen in as we discuss relationships books and keeping our sweet baby kid alive while we make laughs on the internet subscribe to fly on the wallen wherever you get your podcast Yes.